0: This is Saturday Morning
1: Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Mm -hmm.
0: Good morning and welcome to another spooky Halloween episode of Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we are your hosts. I'm Grace. Mm -hmm. And I'm Alexis. And we are still celebrating Halloween via true crime cartoon retellings, remixings, reimaginings, blah 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 blah, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And um today to bring us in to the final throes of Halloween, <sighs> we have Alexis. I'll just pass you to take it away. Take I have 40, no idea right? what to expect.
1: Grabbing so, it. Yes. Um, I am a, I almost yeah I was gonna say I don't really know what to expect either because I'm <laughs> Okay, I'm very, very excited for today's episode. And when I get excited about things, sometimes my mind works like ten times faster than my mouth can keep up with. So uh-huh. we'll see how this goes because today, uh, we're just gonna have so much fun with today's okay. episode. Like you said, yeah. we're we're culminating our celebration of the month of October. Uh, if my math is correct, a couple of days after the airing of this episode today, we will be celebrating Halloween. Halloween. So, naturally, we're going to do something very fun today. We're going to kind of have what I want to call like a spookyception, Halloweenception, perhaps. Okay. Because <laughs> today I'm going to be telling you about a Halloween episode of a classic cartoon. That is directly inspired by the Halloween episode of an old-time classic radio series. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, Halloweenception. I get it now. Okay.
1: Ha- yes. Yeah, it's it's a hollow. Okay. So I'm telling the tale of a Halloween story based on another Halloween story. Story. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yes. So. Today's episode tells the tale of the time that a group of fourth graders sent their entire town into a panic in state of emergency when they convinced said town that aliens were attacking.
0: Is that an episode of Twilight Zone?
1: No. Oh man, I wish I'd be breaking our rules. Uh, Well, like the original one (laughs) based on the radio show. No, but I could see how there was I, some inspiration for Twilight Zone, in, like the how, original how Twilight sounds Zone sounds familiar. Yes, just okay, just do you wait. I'm so so. What show? Before, I, we're not going to talk about the radio series just yet, but I will do a deep little dive into that. But first, yeah, what show? What cartoon? What classic animated show is this from? It is from none other than the Nickelodeon animated classic Hey Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. mr crab's looking confused meme the world is spinning oh <laughs> my god yes 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 this okay. is the episode called arnold's halloween And it came out, (laughs) it came out October 27th, 1997, Mm -hmm. season two, episode seven of the, uh, the show, Hey Arnold. And it, as I said, October 27th, it aired as their Halloween special. So typically, um, and I'm going to do a breakdown of Hey Arnold, a very quick one in just Mm. a second, but Hey Arnold is typically like, um, kind of like courage where there's an A and B part of each episode. But this was a Halloween special that took up the whole 22-minute block. So it's, yeah, like the full episode is all Halloween. They would do this typically for holiday episodes. So very quickly, since we haven't talked about Hey Arnold on this Mm -hmm. podcast, and honestly, it's not really a show that would fit into our typical podcast format because it doesn't really involve crime that often or often Mm -hmm. enough for us to really talk about it in true crime fashion so i'm going to just very briefly sum up what the show's about and who the major characters are so that i'm not just like randomly throwing names in here and people are like yeah someone hasn't seen it." it yeah exactly so for those who are unfamiliar this is just like per the wikipedia page the rundown of the show it centers on a fourth grader named arnold and he is this boy who super wise beyond his years he's a very likable kid he's kind of like the moral compass of the show able to get along with everyone. And he's always like constantly giving advice to folks and like waxing philosophical about life and like the meaning of it. And he really takes burdens of others on himself in hopes of, you know, helping them through their trauma, but can sometimes be a little naive in his faith in folks. Um, And by the way, he also randomly has like a football shaped head and like unwieldy blonde hair Uh anyway. As a fourth grader. And he is a fourth grader. Mm Yeah. So this kid, he lives with his grandparents in an inner city tenement in uh, like Washington, the state of Washington. Um, And essentially each episode tells a story about him navigating life in the city while running into shenanigans with his neighbors and his family members and his friends and his classmates from PS 118 is the Mm -hmm. name of their school, public school 118. But this being a show set in a big city, it also includes this just amazing large cast of characters, and a lot of the episodes kind of honestly explore the side characters' lives more than Mm -hmm. Arnold's. So, like I said, though, Arnold is generally the main character of the show. But some of the other prominent ones include his grandpa, Phil, and grandma Pookie, who own and run Sunset Arms, the tenement that they live in, which is essentially like a shared housing unit. It's not an apartment Mm -hmm. complex, but just a massive house where people rent out different rooms. Um, Can I, real quick, go for it?
0: Also just note that in in the housing, Arnold had my dream
1: bedroom as a child. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. bring it up later yeah okay so, great like no, the coolest it, room. yeah yeah
0: it's like the attic like with a skylight it's just huge it was just I don't know how to describe it except like that is what I wanted as my room growing up
1: the dream room yeah because yep. like you said the attic so we had like the drop-down staircase that he had to pull mm-hmm. down to get up there so totally private amazing decoration just like all these cool like Radios and like vinyl players and just cool electronics that he always had, and like a sofa that came out of the wall Uh and like folded back in, and dope room. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more later, but yeah, thank you for saying that because so true. I think every kid at one point who watched Hey Arnold wanted Arnold's bedroom. I still want uh, it. I still, yeah, I still (laughs) can. I can, I, in your apartment, apartment. in my apartment, there's like someone who lives above me, like, we can (laughs) can come to an agreement, right?" right? So anyway, uh, he lives with his grandpa and grandma, Phil and Pookie, who own and run Sunset Arms. And fun fact, I mentioned this in the past, but Grandpa Phil is voiced by like a voice acting legend, Dan Castellaneta, who voices Mm -hmm. Megavolt and a bunch of other characters and shows we've done in the past. Anyway, uh, Arnold also is commonly joined by his best friend, Gerald, who is this like super smooth, creative, hip with the culture kid, like, dope ass afro that stands Mm -hmm. like two feet tall up on his head and is just like always telling the old uh, neighborhood folklore tales and stuff and is like DJing parties all the time like the coolest kid and then often he's always joined by uh, his frenemy we'll just we'll describe her as Helga (laughs) and she (laughs) is football head yeah she's this like blonde pigtail wearing very bossy girl in school and is pretty much like considered a bully but sadly she does come from a very like a super neglectful home and is like high key not even low key but high key in love with Arnold and like to total unrequited love like he <laughs> <laughs> I, he either has no clue or he's just like no you're always mean to me like the yeah. fuck
0: get in love with you, uh They do
1: eventually. Anyway, yeah, whatever. But that's, yet, a whole, that's, that's a whole other thing. So anyway, yep. Um. and last but not least, we also commonly see a number of residents who live at Sunset Arms, um, like Mr. Nguyen and Ernie and just so many neighbors and residents there, as, long as, as well as classmates of Arnold and Gerald and Helga's. So the show originally aired on Nickelodeon from 1996 to 2004. It had like five seasons, more than 100 episodes, and two feature film movies. So it was very, very popular. And honestly, I would say, and Grace, it sounds like you may also hold this sentiment, probably one of my favorite shows growing up, one of my favorite cartoons growing up, for a few reasons. One, the music was absolutely amazing. It was like- Yeah, even just like the main like entry music, but also like the actual theme, the score music, and all of that throughout the episode or episodes. It's like this blend of jazz and blues Mm -hmm. and New Jack swing that is just very like the the quintessential '90s music and like kind of like urban like street music. It was just so Mm -hmm. cool. Um, There was this amazing fictional world. I love of all these dynamic and diverse. you know, characters who I kind of like alluded to before, because this is the big city kind of like a hybrid of Portland and like Seattle and Mm -hmm. Chicago and Brooklyn, maybe like all put together. So you see all these types of different cultures coming together in the show and just interacting as like normal loving neighbors for the most part. Mm -hmm. And all of these characters have very grounded stories and character relationships that really give and gave, I guess, kids like something that, in my opinion, was equally positive and humorous to watch. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like Spongebob where it's really just like slapstick and kind of like Bizarre comedy. It was like actual like really human stories of things that kids could relate to. Like one of the most memorable ones for me is when a kid named Harold is of he's trying to avoid his bar mitzvah because he's not ready to be considered an adult yet. And Uh it's actually a really touching story about how Arnold gets him to come around and to learn like, no, dude, you can do this. You're mature. You can be a man now all this. So yeah, very heart string pooling episodes and stories like that. But one of the most important reasons why I love this show growing up is because, as I mentioned before, they had amazing holiday specials that aired over the course of the series, much like today's episode. And I won't get too far into the weeds, but there was also an amazing Christmas episode that they did. And I don't know if we're going to do the same thing around Christmas, but if we do dibs on that episode, Damn it! I get right now. Sorry. Ha, I went. <laughs> So yeah, we're probably going yes, this for Christmas, everyone. Right, <laughs> yeah. So just as a heads up, I guess maybe I just spoiled that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so before we get further into the Hey Arnold Halloween episode, let's talk about the real world radio series that this cartoon episode yes. is based on. And this, aside from the fact that I'm talking about Hey Arnold today, which makes me so happy this here what I'm about to tell you this little history I, I, is, I
0: think I know what you're talking about with this
1: I think it's I'm more excited about this than I am the actual episode of Arnold's Halloween
0: yeah because okay I'll oh yeah I'll just let you get into it I was about to be like I think this yeah. is what it is but I could be totally wrong so I'll just you might know. You tell it
1: all righty. And what's even more exciting about this is that again, we're airing this, or this is going up on YouTube and on our podcast platforms on October 29th. Mm-hmm. And the event I'm going to tell you about happened coincidentally on October 30th, nineteen. The radio show. Happened. <laughs> the radio show. 38. Okay. 30. Yes. In the year 1938 at okay. 8 p.m. I believe that on October 30th, 1938, at 8 p.m., the American public stood witness to one of the greatest pranks and one of the best radio broadcasts to ever hit the airwaves. And that was The War of the Worlds, as yes. directed and narrated by Orson Welles. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought when you started.
0: Okay. Yes. 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 I'm so excited. <laughs> so. And I don't and remember the episode
1: of Hey Arnold at all. So I'm like, oh God, it's, how yeah, this, are these connected? This one, <laughs> yes. as soon as we decided that we were going to do Halloween episodes, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to shoehorn it in, but I have to do the Hey okay. Arnold Halloween. Like this was the very first thing I thought, yes. I love this episode so much. And it wasn't honestly until a couple years ago that I realized this episode was based off based of this event, which makes me so happy because- as it oh, I just, I'm a huge fan <laughs> of the world. I've had this book forever. Uh, shameless plug. I think I actually stole this from my grade school when I got it out of the library at my grade school and never gave it back because I was like, oh, fuck, no, I love this book. They're not keeping track of this. Please don't You're- get me in trouble. <laughs> do you remember
0: when we had to do our like senior year like theses and we had to like get a bunch of books from the library and then you just never returned them and then your bill was like $85
1: from the public library yeah yeah I I was like oh shit yeah what did I do I did yeah and I did that actually on a cannery row (laughs) that's That's this book. Now, I actually bought this one. This was not from the library. Yeah, I'll put that up later. But no, so War of the Worlds, amazing book. The only reason why I have this and why I took it from our library when we were younger is because my older brothers were very into this book as well. Um, And naturally, anything that they did, I wanted to do too. And also because it was around the year that the Tom Cruise film came out, uh, I think 2005. And at that point, since my brothers had already read the book, we also used to watch the, not the, well, I think it was, yeah, the first film adaptation came out in 1953, Whoa. which dope to see them do an alien invasion movie uh, with like technology from the fifties. But anyway, yeah. so another reason why I'm excited to do this episode, because I love War of the Worlds. Um, it's like one of the best, most famous science fiction, books, mm-hmm. movies, all of that stuff ever. So let's talk about this radio broadcast for a minute before we talk about Hey Arnold. So the War of the Worlds, the radio series, it was a Halloween episode and the 17th episode overall of a radio show called the Mercury Theater on Air. Mm -hmm. And it was an adaptation, obviously, of H.G. Wells' famous science fiction alien invasion novel, The War of the Worlds, which came out in 1898. Side note also, no relationship between H.G. Wells, who wrote the book, and Orson Welles, who narrated and directed the oh. uh, Mercury Theater on Air. Not that I can tell. Their, their last names are actually spelled differently too. So oh, like okay. Wells has an extra E at the end. So I don't believe that Got they're it. related. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're not. Hey. So also just a funny They're dead. They're not going to be mad. <laughs> uh, is Orson well- It Probably. He probably is. Unfortunately, because as you will see, it was a creative genius. Mm -hmm. So uh, the radio show was performed and broadcasted live over the Columbia Broadcasting System radio station, aka CBS. One more super nerdy in the weeds fact, but CBS actually today has evolved into CBS Viacom, which owns Paramount, which owns and programs Nickelodeon, the station that Hey Arnold was on. Oh. So it's like keeping it in the family. And apparently they also cool. did both of the movies as well, Paramount did. So... Maybe Paramount's going to sue us for using more of the world's IP in this episode. Our lawyers will be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyway, some background here. The Mercury Theater on Air was a radio series of live dramas created and hosted by Orson Wells. He was an actor and a writer and a, a director. And the program aired retellings of a lot of famous works of fictional literature. So they did like Dracula, they did Treasure Island, A Tale of Two Cities, The Count of Monte Cristo, Jane Eyre, hilariously in line with our Timmy jokes over the past couple of weeks, Oliver Twist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And anyway, so all of these were met with a bit of success and the program was decently popular. But for their Halloween special in the year 1938, Wells thought, Orson Wells thought that they should do something a bit different. Since they were like kind of getting some cachet with the audience, like, oh yeah, this is a good program. These guys are really talented at making us feel like we're part of a play, or not part of, but that we're listening to a play. So Wells thought, well, let's actually like give them a nice Halloween treat. And instead of making them feel like they are listening to a play, let's put on something that we can make the audience feel like they are actually a part of. Exactly. So to that vein and keeping in spirit, the Halloween spooky, scary kind of theme, Wells decided to adapt the Martian alien invasion story, In the War of the Worlds from the 1898 book, to uh, the format of, like, a special bulletin live radio broadcast where he would narrate the events of the book as if they were happening in real time. Like a newscast, basically. Like Like, a newscast, yes, exactly. So it would be transmitted to the public via, like, breaking news coverage and interviews where they would, like, pull in experts and eyewitnesses and reporters on the scene. (laughs) And then they would cut in between these breaking newscasts with, like, actual, Actual music playing as if it were like a live non fictional radio program. So he and the writing team and even the actors had to go like all in to make this seem realistic and to like, yeah, really make it truly work for radio. And apparently, the first draft of the show was super rough and the first reading didn't go too well or like at least mm-hmm. to wells's standards he thought it was it was too dry too formulaic with like transition of just like breaking news we're getting this and this and this we will be back mm-hmm. in a moment to tell you more and then back to music he didn't really like the flow of it. So they went back to the drawing board and like rewrote the whole thing in like a day or two, I think, or like a night or two. Same. And they added they decided to add a lot more sound effects they added more music and longer bouts of music to make people really feel like they were actually enjoying a whole song or something and then to be like startled oh. with the news report and they added even more news flashes and eyewitness accounts to the script to create like this the sense of of urgency and panic and Whoa. just of people not knowing what's going on and kind of like oh my god we're just learning things in the moment guys like we got to pull someone yeah. in and so in addition The writers actually added in real names of places and towns and like institutions, like scientific institutions, wherever possible to make the story seem real. Like to the point where I think one of the last drafts of it, I I read this, um, I think it was on the Wikipedia page the execs read through it and they were still like, uh, yeah, we're gonna need to cross off like a good, like 30 of these because these may be actionable. You can't use Princeton University and McGill (laughs) University in the script. So like they would change things like that to like Middletown University or whatever, but like there were still other actual institutions and towns named. So for example, the book War of the Worlds takes place in 19th century England But in the radio broadcast, they were like, no, let's make it modern day for that time. So 20th century New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So they ended up setting Mm -hmm. this in an unincorporated area, a real town that still exists today called Grover's Mill in West Windsor, New Jersey. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, let's make this super real. We're not going to make it like across the pond or like some fictional yeah. place like we really want people to think that this is happening. i didn't happening.
0: realize that it went like that in depth because i only knew about like kind of like the breaking news-esque mm-hmm. like nature of this but i didn't realize that they like tied it all into real life things i thought people just got like duped by like breaking news sounding things but mm-hmm. they went
1: hard into this and grace they went even harder <laughs> I'm still just getting started. Oh, no. What's even more impressive? And this, to me, was like one of the most jarring parts, reading this in a good way. Like that made me almost like bow down to the creative team when I read that this went into it. To make the dialogue and the pacing just a touch more like perfect, Wells actually called upon the actors to provide tips on what they might say in certain situations or how to best read certain lines to make it seem as if like these were real interviews happening in the moment of the broadcast. Oh, so it's like in their own voice. In their own voice, their their own of the voice kind of thing. exactly. So not being written by some like producer director, but actually oh. like people who are going to have to read these lines and stuff to the point where, um, Grace, <laughs> one cast member, who was playing a reporter, took it upon himself, or maybe he was assigned to do this, but in his prep work, perhaps his method acting, preparing for this, he went and researched and studied, recorded tapes of the live reporting of the Hindenburg disaster, which happened only one year before in New Jersey. So this event that was... Yes, so he went and uh the, the the live report was done by this guy named herbert morrison and i went and li- i had to listen to it when i was researching for this or like at least uh-huh. a snippet of it the guy sounds absolutely terrified because i mean you look back on it at the time and you're like a oh, giant like he- helium whatever balloon we, whatever we it was and, terrified a, a lot of people a lot of people died but like when you compare it to stuff that happened today it's like well i mean Jeez. Oh, guy, calm down, guy, calm down. <laughs> but like when you listen to it, the guy was in such like trauma and fear and all that watching this. And so the guy playing the reporter in the War of the Worlds radio series that decided like to study that, yeah, so that he could Whoa. evoke that same sense of like terror and and fear and just like an uncertainty of like, oh my god, how many people have died? How many more people will die? Oh you know? my god. Um. So. It was amazing, but let me tell you, unfortunately, this creative That's determination on behalf of the cast and crew may have gone a bit too far because <laughs> when folks tuned in that night, especially those who maybe tuned in a few minutes late and missed Wells' Orson Welles' opening monologue, or perhaps like some people switched over during a commercial break for another program so for uh-huh. some reason they they didn't hear Orson Welles do his opening his opening speech which made it clear that this was going to you know oh, be a really? radio broadcast yeah for the most part i mean it was still he was in character and narrating but you don't narrate the beginning of a breaking news that, you know, like, right, if, you, yeah. if you heard him do that and then heard the music start and then heard a breaking news mm. report coming, if you would know, like, oh yeah, no, like it's part of the part dinner for the theater. Exactly. Yeah. But if you miss that first few minutes and tuned in later, it's just you, breaking news. You're hearing music and you're like, oh, cool. This is interesting. I guess they're not doing the program tonight. Maybe like it's a holiday reason or something. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, breaking news a lot coming out of whatever, like they're talking <laughs> about. I don't want to give too much away about the book but it came out literally hundreds of years ago so it's not really a spoiler but like yeah. <laughs> it starts with um with um people at an observatory noticing uh explosions on mars and that's how like that's the first sign that there may be an alien attack or something mm. like at first they don't put it together but that's the first breaking news report that you get on Ooh. the radio right yeah. so people are just like oh whoa explosions on mars that's weird and then the music comes back on and then another breaking news report. thing like, we're getting, it, we're getting reports of a crash of an act of an ad, whatever, in or a spherical object in Windsor, New Jersey or you know, <laughs> old timey voice. I love your
0: radio voice. That's great, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Maybe I should uh, quit my day job. I have a, I have a face for radio as they tell me, <laughs> or a voice for radio. So <laughs> Anyway, some people truly believe that an alien attack was taking place in some small unincorporated area of New Jersey. And reportedly, a lot of people actually took to the street, they were like looking up at the skies panicking perhaps looting and according to some articles, some people committed suicide, thinking that it was the end of the world now. But I want to no. say, because I still respect this radio broadcast way too much, many of those claims, if not all of them, are refuted because there can be no, like, records of deaths from that day found. Okay. But that didn't stop news outlets from putting it on the headlines of their papers for a couple Got of it. days after. Exactly. Okay. So the next day after the airing, aka Halloween 1938, the front pages of newspapers were, filled with reports such as people killing themselves or you know sending towns into a panic and all of that but to this day like i said there's still a lot of skepticism about whether that mass hysteria actually occurred or if the media kind of blew it out of proportion based on like sensationalism and the pearl clutching norms of of (laughs) yesteryear of the 30s, whatever, and media (laughs) decency and whatnot. They were just like, oh my God, FCC came off the air. How dare they? Got it. But the show allegedly did not have like Even though it was good, it didn't have like that many viewers and there were other popular Mm -hmm. programs that had the same block on other stations, but that all said. There were apparently at least enough at least enough calls to the authorities and to like CVS to have, I think police officers actually showed up at the station and like manage the suits and like managers were like trying to keep them out so they could like finish the broadcast. Oh my God. (laughs) Damn. And in the end, because like, I guess someone sent a note into Wells during one of the breaks or whatever. And so in the end, he did close his narration of the broadcast by announcing and what is reportedly in an out of character way for this show that like he didn't normally do this, but he was like, guys, this was nothing more than a a shameless Halloween trick. It was, you know, the equivalent of us putting on a cloak and shouting boo from behind a bush, like dressing up as a ghost. We're just joking around. Just a play, and he did kind of ultimately apologize in a quickly thrown together press briefing the next day, saying he really didn't anticipate the reaction and all of I that. I didn't think y'all were that stupid. I know, right? With but at the same time, he's like, yeah, "I also didn't know we were that talented." <laughs> <laughs> you like guys I don't do think you, you guys are, stupid are stupid idiots, that or that we are good. creative geniuses? i do not either. Gomby, <laughs> B so yes while this was perhaps the greatest halloween prank in american history it was also perhaps a little bit overblown by the media but Mm. nevertheless in my mind it is still iconic in its own right and i did actually take it upon myself to go and listen to this broadcast it's a little less than an hour long totally worth it i think that it's like And I'm not just saying this because I really like the book and like the movies and Hey Arnold. And like, because I'm trying to overhype this episode, like it truly actually is. It's, it's super worth listening to for anyone who's into, if you're just into like drama and like theater or science fiction or whatever, like it is actually a very, very good radio broadcast. The way they did it is super good. It's very creative. Well done. The acting and the writing is, so, so good. I know I kind of talked about it before how they had the actors really trying to be original and mm-hmm. or natural. Yeah. yeah. And just the way that they pull people into interviews, like I, I can see how people would fall for it mm. if they missed the first few episodes. And then if they were like too busy running like chickens with their heads cut off to hear the end oh, of right. it, where he's like, just kidding. This, this was a joke Chill. because you literally had people like a guy playing a reporter would be like, all right, we're, we're on the scene of this giant spherical object and we're going to bring in a farmer who said that he saw what happened. And so mm. this farmer would just like start talking and the reporter would be like, oh, no, 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 come closer. We can't hear you. You got to lean into the mic more. Oh, so like-, like- so natural and organic cool. like what someone would like a farmer doesn't know how to do like a news interview you know or whatever like maybe yeah, that's yeah but yeah like no no come 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 close to so we we got to hear you speak louder yeah. stuff like that or like all right now we're going to talk to this police officer and the police officer is like very curt like i don't know like we're, we're trying to figure it out back up like you know just yeah, everyone perfectly these, yeah. captures yeah it's so good worth watching Listening, I guess. Listening. Yeah, it's on. It's on YouTube. There are a couple of videos of the full, um, the full broadcast on YouTube. Cool. If people want to go listen, <sighs> and I suggest you listen because it clearly has a very large part in our pop culture. <laughs> yeah, because it That's inspired. Hey it inspired this episode of Hey Arnold. Yep. So now that we know what went went what went down back in the day for real skis. Let's talk about how the suits at Nickelodeon and Viacom let some animators retell this tale in cartoon form. With fourth graders. With fourth graders. So, Arnold and Gerald, the besties, they're watching a show about aliens with some of the other tenements and uh, or some of the other tenement residents and Grandpa Phil at Sunset Arms. And the show is called UFO Tonight and it's hosted by this guy named Douglas Kane who uh, is an investigative reporter and UFO chaser. And funny enough, he actually sounds exactly like Orson Welles uh, Ah, as he was narrating. And in fact, uh, I don't think it's voiced by him. How funny would that be? It may be, I'm not sure if Orson Welles was still alive, but it's like he sounds just like him, which is hilarious. And their first nod to like, hey, you guys see what we're basing? Exactly. (laughs) So, Douglas Kane he's on camera he's like waxing philosophic about the size of the universe and how there's this vastness to it and so many things to explore and whatnot. And grandpa Phil he interjects and turns off the TV because naturally it's Halloween time and they've got to get to planning their annual Halloween party nice so. Arnold asks Grandpa if he and Gerald can help plan the party this year. But Grandpa Phil quickly rejects, <laughs> claiming hilariously that Halloween is a serious business and it's not for kids. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, hey, Grandpa, it's like, wait a minute, but the whole trick or treating thing. <laughs> but in seriousness, Grandpa's implying that the party's going to be too scary. He wants to pull some terrifying pranks on people. Mm, And so, exactly. And so the kids need to just run off and do their little cute kitty things. So Gerald and Arnold, again, like I mentioned before, wise beyond their years. They are annoyed with grandpa's reasoning and like also the fact that like, Two minutes into the party planning committee and the whole t- re- all the residents are like already bickering over who gets to wear what costume. Oh so my gosh. Like, they're not even mature enough to do this. How <laughs> dare they this. criticize us. Yeah. So Gerald kind of like asks Arnold as they're walking away like so I guess we're just gonna do our normal Halloween thing this year after all, and Arnold's like, you know what? No, we're gonna prove that we're old enough to engage in the Halloween festivities oh, and no. shenanigans. This year, we're going to pull a prank on grandpa and the other residents. Oh, no. And we're going to make it have to do with aliens. Nice. So initially, you know, they've got this little mischievous look in their eyes. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, Grace, little did they know that this prank is about to get really out of hand. <laughs> Again, but much like really- the historical <laughs> moments. <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay so the next day a group of students from ps118 is gathered in a vacant lot in the neighborhood buzzing about the upcoming holiday talking about what costumes they all want to wear that are treating all the fun they're going to have and as it turns out helga she actually saw her father and some of his friends watching ufo tonight that show with douglas mm. kane the night before as well And she overheard him discussing the time that he actually encountered aliens and how terrified he was when he saw them, but also how much his friends didn't believe his story. So picking up on this, she's telling the group of kids from PS 118 and the vacant lot that they all need to nix their old costume ideas and agree to all dress up as matching big-headed gray aliens so that they can really scare the living frights or lights, whatever, yeah, lights, (laughs) daylights, thank you, out of all of the adults adults. in their neighborhood. So at first, the group is like, no, we already had all of our other plans and stuff. But as I mentioned before, Helga is very bossy, and she is a bully in her own right. (laughs) So the group reluctantly gives in. And coincidentally, although Arnold and Gerald are also in the vacant lot, they're like kind of doing their own thing. And they aren't really in on the costume idea since they know that they already have their own prank going on. Yeah, but Arnold is like, he takes this opportunity, though, realizing that it could help with their prank, because they already know it's going to be alien involved and he actually tells the whole group like hey yeah but if you guys dress up as aliens you guys are more than welcome to come to our party we just won't be dressed up with you but he doesn't really okay. explain much more and so the kids are all super excited like cool like okay we will definitely be aliens now yeah this is like the hottest party in town the sunset arms <laughs> halloween bash oh my what god dope dope let's do it so um at that point essentially the entire fourth grade class at PS 118 is in one way or another in on this prank Mm. and they're dividing and conquering on their plan to dish out the fright on Halloween night. Yes, I wrote that in.
0: (laughs) Precious, except it's all going to go
1: horribly wrong, horribly wrong, horribly horribly terribly way too
0: well. It's confusing
1: little column a little column b i Great. mean yes and yes i guess both things can <laughs> exist so yes okay uh, I, I guess yeah by definition the better a prank goes the worse off the prank goes yeah. <laughs> right? so yeah exactly. okay it's complicated so halloween night is off with the bang at sunset arms the party inside is popping. Kids are constantly ringing the door for their tricks or treats and Arnold and Gerald at a certain point when you know, the crowd is a little distracted, they decide it's a good time to sneak away and get the prank started. Okay. And also because just like the radio broadcast, they had a firm eight pm start time for the prank <laughs> to start. Love it. so. They go up to the roof of the building, which is a common hangout spot for them because Grace, as you noted before, Arnold has that dope ass bedroom nice. in the attic with the skylight. It's got roof access so they can just pop in and out, hang out on there. They like camp out on the roof all the time. Again, this was like the dream house growing up watching yep. the show as a kid. So anyway, on top of the roof of Sunset Arms, they have set up like this entire makeshift radio broadcasting set that okay. they have also wired from the roof through the house and like connected to Whoa. the radio system in sunset arms,
0: which impressive. I know
1: you, you, yes, it is impressive, but also not quite an oddity for Gerald and Harold, as I noted before, or Gerald and Harold, Gerald and Arnold, Arnold. Harold is another <laughs> character in the show. Sorry. Uh, I noted before, but Gerald is super creative and hip and Arnold has this like really good sense of tech. Yeah. Yeah, So they both like weirdly do know. Yeah. Like they're always tinkering with different things and like they are constantly like DJing stuff and playing like instruments and like hosting entertaining people. They they just like, Mm -hmm. this isn't their first rodeo. If you watch (laughs) other episodes of the show, like it kind of makes sense that they can do this, even though it doesn't yeah. really make sense that they can do this. <laughs> anyway, so Arnold, he's working the ones and twos on the sound effects and Gerald with his, you know, suave voice serves as yes, as the broadcaster, the narrator. Amazing. Mm-hmm, the, narr- the narrator. And he like fakes this like deeper, more animated voice for radio broadcasting. <laughs> like it's like clearly Gerald talking, but he isn't just talking as himself he's trying to sound quite the part and again just exactly like carbon copy of the real life radio broadcast in 1938 after music is playing for a little bit we -hmm. hear the radio static kind of come in and out and all you hear is gerald over the other side saying we interrupt this broadcast for a special bulletin
0: and large so they oh go ahead yeah yeah so, the party was playing the radio and they just kind of like mm-hmm. hacked the radio.
1: Yes, they like okay, wired it. shit. Yeah, so okay. that it could be picked up exactly down cool. on the first floor in the residence. So, yeah, and they're like listening to the radio as the music for the party. So, cool then after gerald says like we interrupt the broadcast he's like a large saucer-like craft of unknown origin is reported to have landed on the outskirts of the city and so then we like zoom back down into the party actually back in the tenement and we see grandpa phil like quieting everyone and turning up the radio so that they can hear what's going on special bulletin special bulletin. And Gerald continues, I repeat, quote unquote, I repeat, there are reports of an alien spacecraft on the outskirts of the city. I'm at the scene where a small crowd is gathered around the scorched area where the saucer-like craft has landed. Nice. Like, literally, just, like, straight out of the book, straight out (laughs) of the what. Yes. And then he, like, goes on and just gets so into it, like, wait, wait, the top of the craft seems to be opening. It's unscrewing the huge lid. And now it's opening. Oh my. And Arnold's like running around doing all these side effects like on noises. the roof. Like, yeah, exactly. To make it like releasing gas from a canister to make it sound like a hatch on a lid. Yeah, exactly. And then he's Gerald's like, oh my God, something's coming out. It's revolting. I can hardly look. And like, you're just like cutting in and out. And so, like, zooms back down to the tenement. And everyone in the party at this point is dead silent looking around, like, Is this Um, a joke or is this real? Right, like what's happening? Yeah. And elsewhere in the town, we then see a young man named Smitty, a.k.a. Smitty, 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 come on, Smitty, (gasps) a.k.a. an underpaid cameraman for Douglas Kane, the host of UFO Tonight he's out patrolling the streets looking for any signs of a ufo or supernatural activity for douglas's Uh next broadcast of ufo tonight Uh and he's like switching through radio stations while driving through the city wondering how he's going to find aliens on halloween night douglas is like very demanding and says he can't get off of his shift until he gets footage of something Uh-oh. like that sounds like slavery but whatever where's the um iatze boom honestly the number of times we have mentioned iatze in this podcast is like getting ridiculous <laughs> why are why are ca- cameramen and crew members always so being weird. exploited in these in these cartoons anyway so poor smitty this young underpaid cameraman working being forced to work at like 10 p.m eight whatever 9 p.m on halloween night he is scrolling through the radio stations and Uh somehow he comes across gerald and arnold's like hacked broadcast look I don't, they must have had, they must have got, like, created some sort of satellite dish or something, too, because, yeah, apparently yeah, it wasn't only linked close into, enough. yeah, and actually he was, we find out in just a second, Smitty was right mm, down okay. the road from uh, Sunset Arms as he was patrolling, and he here, he, he tunes into the broadcast, just as Gerald is saying, seven, quote unquote, seven or eight aliens have climbed out of the spacecraft, oh, I see their leader. they're they're proceeding to the east side i believe they're heading down vine street oh my god happens to be arnold street and like smitty looks out of his window and he's like oh shit i'm on vine street too oh no so eh, you see gerald and arnold they timed this perfectly because like i said they were coordinating with the rest of the kids at ps118 and they knew they were like, all right, we're, they didn't, again, they didn't tell the kids about the radio broadcast. They just told them to show up at Sunset Arms for the party in the full group in full costume oh at God. 8 p.m. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Once they saw them like a few blocks away from the roof, you know, Gerald and Arnold, they're like, keep an eye. They're like, okay, cool. They're a few blocks away. Let's get started. So that right as Gerald got to that point of the broadcast. They'd be
0: on Vine Street.
1: They'd be on Vine Street. And there is a knock at the door at Sunset Arms. And before grandpa goes to answer the door, we see him trying to calm everyone down inside, because at this point they're like, dude, we're on Vine Street. This guy on the radio said, this isn't a joke anymore. Why would they be this specific? Yeah, Seven or eight aliens, we got to go. So grandpa's trying to calm everyone down. But then as I said, there's a knock on the door. He opens it and it's all the kids. It's like Helga and all the other kids and like these (laughs) big gray like what big-headed gray with like red veins running through it and just like blue cloaks like mm-hmm. trick-or-treat like <laughs> the cutest happiest children's sound ever or like <laughs> voice ever and grandpa phil just like screams in their face like it's the aliens like freaks <laughs> <out>. <laughs> And so then literally everyone in the party just, like, stampedes out of there. Scatters. Um, One of the residents, Ernie, he is a construction worker. Yeah. He grabs, I'm pretty sure, an axe and chases after them. After the children, alien Children. Yeah. So, like, half of the party scatters. Half, the other half of the party forms an angry mob and starts chasing <laughs> these aliens through town. The kids are like, oh, no happening because again Arnold didn't tell them about the radio broadcast part of the prank only about them scaring adults as yeah in costumes so at this point since Smitty is also on Vine Street Mm, he sees these aliens walking up to Sunset Arms during the doorbell and he quickly you know he's getting his camera out of the car and he's trying to get any footage he can to have it directly fed back to douglas so that he can Uh-oh. then put it on live air and do his ufo tonight show but as many as capturing footage like while the, the half you know fuck around and like escape crowd and half angry mob crowd are like chasing this group of kids away this a, an alien costume he actually mm-hmm. gets knocked over in like the fray Both but he does. it is terrifying actually but since it's like so confusing and it's Dark out, and he gets knocked over. It like arguably, arguably does look like he gets a little bit of like alien footage because he like you see them, but there's so Ooh. many shadows and just so much movement that it's like one of those like, you know, like the Loch Ness monster yeah, picture like, or it whatever. Be, it's like, it it, is that messy or is that a boot that somehow <laughs> <laughs> is like? Right, on like getting shore. knocked down makes it more like, yeah. Ooh, what happened? Exactly. So. This footage does make its way back oh. to Douglas Kane, though, to his studio before it gets cut off when Smitty's knocked over and, like, I guess, like, breaks the camera or something. And in a moment of over-sensationalized journalism, something we have talked about on this podcast before, Douglas Kane immediately, with just, like, this, like, two-second snippet of very oh, wow. questionable and sus footage, takes to the airwaves cutting off like in this as as fact cuts off whatever other like programming was on you you get like that we interrupt this broadcast and like the emergency sign or whatever yeah Yeah. and he immediately is just like aliens have indeed landed among us like he just jumps right into it like aliens are here (laughs) (laughs) they will take no prisoners and their ultimate goal clearly is to enslave the human race (laughs) (laughs) Douglas. Dude, Douglas. He saw two of footage.
0: And he's
1: Gone like, down. I have he's like, I have no other choice but to investigate and try to stop them myself. We will be on, on the scene. We're taking our crews now. Oh my god,
0: hero complex, so, Douglas.
1: And somehow, I guess because you know, Gerald and Arnold, they're very creative, they were able to get this actually through satellite connection on the radios. Somehow Douglas is able to connect their fake radio transmission onto the live TV broadcast. So he's like in real time responding to this radio broadcast. And they don't know, right? And they don't know. They don't know because they're too busy doing it. And they're like on the roof, just joking around, whatever. No one's watching TV. Half the kids are being chased by an angry mob (laughs) and the rest are on the roof. So there's, yeah. Yeah. And so while Douglas Kane is doing this broadcast, we then start to see people in their homes and like walking around the streets like, we're, you know, how old time like TVs and shop windows or whatever. Yeah. Like everyone is just like drawn into watch. this. Like, exactly. The whole city stops to watch what's going on, listening to this broadcast. And then at this point of the broadcast, Gerald's like, I see it. It's huge. Like nothing I've ever seen. The mothership, I repeat, it's landed on Wells Ridge, which haha, Wells Ridge. Ah, back to H- we love HG and Orson. Nice, nice. And so he's like describing it like it's huge with rings of light around it. The mothership, it's gonna attack us. And this is where the prank gets even more advanced, you guys. Ooh. Arnold and Gerald coordinated with yet another classmate at PS 118 who camped out at the local water tower at Ridge and attached Christmas lights to it. (laughs) Which classmate was this? Stinky! Oh my God! Stinky. Yes, I had a feeling. Stinky Peterson. Yeah, the tall like, country of he boy. Would them. Yeah. He has no clue what's going on. He's like, I don't yeah. know. Arnold just told me to come here and put the lights on. Listen, funny. Yeah. guys. Yeah, pretty much, because uh right as Gerald gets to that part of the broadcast, the turns it off. Arnold like radios over to Stinky, like Stinky, hit the lights now, and. Because remember, so Gerald's saying the mothership is at Wells Ridge. So everyone like leaves their houses and starts to look over in that direction of the water tower. And at that exact moment, the lights all turn on Ah. on the water tower. But unfortunately, so this somehow, though, accidentally causes, like it like short circuits the energy grid in their town and shuts all the power in the city oh, to the point no. where the only thing lit up is the water tower now with oh, the christmas no. lights on it so since everything is so dark i could see how from like downhill you just see like lights on the, spe- the lights. on the circuit yeah, exactly and people are like freaking out like oh shit this is it and at that point the town erupts into chaos and pan- <laughs> <laughs> Grace, panic crazy. <laughs> panic. And so Gerald and Arnold are still on the roof of Sunset Arms and they see the lights come on and they're like, cool, all right, I guess it worked. And they're Did like, well, I guess we should go back down and see if this works. See if we scared yeah, I was gonna anyone. Say, Do they not notice like people taking to the streets? No, they're not yet. They're still on the okay. roof. They're too busy. Like they're in character. Arnold's mm. been like running around doing all these sound effects. They don't have time to look over anymore. Yeah. So they're like, all right, let's let's see if we scared people. Oh my God. And oh boy oh boy did they oh boy, this is howdy. like this is like the funniest shit ever grace um when they go back down stairs so yeah they get off the roof they go back down to the party the house is like cleared out though so we're like <laughs> what the fuck? where's the party so they go outside to the backyard which is like where their driveway is connected through and it's like this fenced in backyard mm-hmm. whatever And they go back there and they see Grandpa Phil just like in a couple of the residents just like loading bags into Grandpa's car. (laughs) Like luggage. Oh my God. They're on the (laughs) move. (laughs) And we hear sirens going up everywhere in the city. Like the like bomb sirens. Like. (gasps) Oh Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> and the massive spotlights are like seen, Going like on. shining in the sky <gasps> and like emergency lights and you literally hear like so okay their their backyard spinced then so you can't see the stuff you just like see it in the you see the lights in uh-huh. the sky and like the sirens and you just hear like people screaming and wailing on the <gasps> streets breaking glass oh my god we like
0: rioting looting
1: <laughs> <laughs> Riding, you just hear calamity, and Gerald and Arnold are just like, Grandpa, did you like our prank? And Grandpa's like, No, wait, what, what are you talking about? Where have you guys been? We need to get the fuck out of here. Aliens are attacking. Literally, the
0: city has gone Yeah, <laughs> The city has
1: fallen. <laughs> and Arnold's like it's all good grandpa it was just us we were pulling a prank on you guys to scare you it looks like it definitely worked and grandpa's like no no dude seriously look at the mothership over there he like points over yonder and hilariously Arnold's like grandpa that's the water tower stinky's up there
0: also stinky's just up there like chewing on a toothpick just like literally well i
1: guess it worked <laughs> that's like literally what he's doing he like is just like hanging out at the water tower still <laughs> and i'll get to that in just a second okay, nice. but like, yeah um and then at that point grandpa is like but, but what about the aliens all the aliens that came to the door and arnold's like that was helga and the other kids grandpa just starts laughing like oh holy shit good job guys that was amazing
0: well like the kiddies the city's in full chaos there's no more authority there's no more law um good job (laughs) great prank and he goes on he's like murdered
1: i think cool (laughs) possibly but he's like dude so wait how'd you guys get douglas kane in on it and at this point arnold and gerald are like what? excuse me <laughs> douglas kane they're like oh no he must have picked up our broadcast or <laughs> like wait did he like talk about this on tv and grandpa phil's like uh yeah he like he's on air now he's like going to the mothership to like live oh, wait, report this alien invasion <laughs> and, and arnold's like wait a minute by the way, we're Helga and the rest of our classmates being murdered with an ax. <laughs> at this point, they just turn around or like, they like open the fence and look out the fence at what's going on on the street. And you literally just see the whole crowd of them being chased by an angry mob, like down the street. <laughs> 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 and Arnold is like, "Uh Oh, I think we took this a little too far. <laughs> right. So, okay. As the kids, still in alien costume, are being chased by this angry mob throughout the city, Helga's like, "Dude, guy, we're, it's just us. It's the kids. We're the town's kids. You know yeah, us. Don't like, come us. on." And they're like, "Yeah, sure. That's exactly what an alien would try to say." And they're like trying to pull off their masks, and they're like their you know big heads and everything in the paint, but it's just not working. And so, as they're running away, Helga looks at the kid who was in charge of getting the paints and all of that for the costumes. Mm-hmm. Happens to be a kid named Harold. Actually, the one I mentioned earlier about yeah, having the bat mitz or the bar mitzvah. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Interestingly enough, he. I mean, this is kind of an aside, but just to like, to give you all a good picture of Harold, Harold. Um, he he has his bar mitzvah, which happens when you're thirteen. When he is in fourth grade, that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> or is it 12? When do you have a bar mitzvah? I think it's 13. 13, okay. Yep. Regardless, he's in fourth grade. <laughs> he's having a bar mitzvah. So That's should tell you everything you, you need to know about Harold. No offense. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand, you know, missing a grade or two or being held back a year or two. But at that point, that's like five years. So anyway, <laughs> um harold explains to helga that he bought face paint called permanent exterior latex because he figured they'd be outside all night permanent permanent permanent. and so they're like literally like trying to wipe it off as they run away and it's just not working so they decide to make their way towards wells ridge as the water tower is like the only lit structure in town and maybe there they can convince the angry mob of townspeople that exactly. But of course, this mob follows them there. So grandpa gerald and arnold at this point they hop into grandpa's car and they're like driving through the city with the windows down with like a More megaphone chaos. yeah like this is all just a prank please remain calm like yeah no one is talking listen well, that's not gonna like, help everyone is way too panicked to listen the town like i said sheer chaos like people breaking windows and screaming and wailing and still like the sirens going on in the <laughs> Out. And so at this point, they're like, okay, we also need to just go to Wells Ridge, because that's clearly where everyone is going right. to see this invasion. And also because maybe we can stop Douglas Kane and get him to like, turn the news around so people calm the fuck down. That's obviously not happening, though, because, Mm -hmm. meanwhile, Douglas Kane and his camera team, they're, like, dispatching from their station, so you just see, like, all these news trucks, like, making their way up to Wells, yeah, up to Wells Ridge to uh, record this impending alien takeover, and as he is recording uh, in front of the water tower, Arnold, Gerald and Grandpa arrive and Arnold just like runs directly through the shot like as Douglas is reporting (laughs) like you see the, the 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 group of the alien, the students in alien costume, like all running towards this uh, UFO, this water Ooh. tower for safety, I guess. But obviously, Douglas Kane is like, look at them. The aliens are running back to their mothership. They're going to get oh in and God. kill us all, et cetera. And Arnold's like, oh, my God, I have to stop this. So he just like runs through, like pushes past Douglas. <laughs> and Douglas is hilariously like, ah, oh, this brave young football headed kid is going to try to save us all me the adult will stand by Right. Okay. this football headed youth is going to save us <laughs> this poor this poor lost soul um, Great, <laughs> great sacrifice i mean boy boy well <laughs> whatever Ooh. so anyway um arnold is trying to convince everyone like it's okay guys it's just the fourth graders look but the mob has gotten a little too vicious on their I trek always. from town up to the water tower they always do grace they set off um they set off an explosive on the water tower yeah. <laughs> excuse me i'm not going to get into the mechanics because there's a lot of stuff in the episode i'm kind of leaving out to just like focus on cuz i don't want to get into like the character dynamics and stuff since it's not yeah. a show that we're really covering yeah, yeah. but essentially helga's dad makes this like beeper triggered oh bomb God. that he like throws at the water tower whatever there's some backstory there watch the episode on hulu everyone oh if, if you're interested or don't remember so yeah they set an explosion off Good. of the water tower Good. thinking it was the mothership and Good. i guess fortunately although it i guess you could say this is kind of an act of terrorism because it's like a public resource and everything <laughs> right. it's like you literally they just ruin the town's water supply yeah uh, and Why so But thankfully the wave of water from the tower like falls right on all the students and thankfully it's able to wash some of the paint off and like their big head like little hat thingies are able to like fall yeah their costume things kind of fall off and it's at this point. Pretty fucking obvious that these are actually just a bunch of fourth grade. your daughter, one of what exactly, one of which like, is the daughter of the person, and he says that he's like, I almost killed my own daughter. Yeah, you almost yeah. did. You almost fucking did, dude. dude. And so Shortly after this, the lights are able to trigger back on hilariously, thanks to Arnold's grandma, who, just as an aside, is like probably used to be like a spy or a mercenary or something because she's a total badass. She's like scaling the water tower to like rewire shit. And like, yeah, she always has that like side plot. <laughs> exactly. She's like, has like the um paint yeah, like under the, her like, eyes, like the beanie, <laughs> yeah. the black tank top, and like cargo, army cargo pants, and like a, so like, like, a like, any pack. <laughs> yes, exactly. And she like always runs off, like actually, hilariously. I didn't include this in the script, but like at the point where uh, Grandpa Phil and all them are like packing up the bags in the car to go, you just see him like, Pookie, come on, we gotta go. And she just like turns around and she's in that get up and she's like, don't wait up and then she's just like (laughs) it like runs up and then the next time we see her is like rewiring the electric grid don't wait up an icon an icon i love pinky anyway so uh yeah the lights come back on and people are like, okay, those are obviously fourth graders and that is indeed the water tower. Oh shit, how are we going to get our water back? Oh, well, we learn from our mistakes and sorry. and sorry. And so they're all, you know, happy, you know, friendly neighbors again you know angry mob has turned into this nice community walk or essentially march back towards the city and douglas kane is still yeah, like, narrating this event it is a little awkward like oh we just tried to kill all your kids but hey hey let's piggyback right. right home <laughs> <More candy. laughs> um and so douglas kane is narrating this event he's like well it is now clear that this ridiculous hoax has just been nothing more than a ruse or something you know something along yeah. those lines and essentially the like, crowd is just like booing at him while he's like live reporting on oh, this. And, like, like stoked the fire. Exactly. They're like, you fucking yeah. idiot. We knew you were a fraud. You didn't research into any of this at all. You, this is all your killed fault. they their children. Of, sorry. Uh, and uh, yeah, so they make their way oh. back to town as happy neighbors yet again with grandpa again commending Arnold on a prank. Well done. The wow. end. <laughs> wow. And then like, they come back and Pookie's just back enjoying the party, cleaning up after the party. No traces of what she did. Actually, hilariously, as they all leave, you see Pookie is again scaling the water tower, like putting more lights up, but like in the shape of a jack-o'-lantern, which is like super cute. cute. And she like lights it. So there's like a big jack-o'-lantern on the water tower. She's she's still up to her shenanigans, her her no Good. good deeds. Yeah. Uh, wow yeah, and, and that is the tale of Arnold's Halloween the tale of the war of the world's radio broadcast from October 30th 1938 city. the fall of a city both fictional and perhaps real life at least in the case of uh Windsor New Jersey <laughs> yeah, exactly um, all <laughs> of America know. on
0: October 30th
1: 1938 yep yep, yep. Seem... so wow yes so great job uh, that thank you thank you and that's um that brings us to an end of our halloween special that our is. halloween kind of art. me too it was fun can like it be like halloween, halloween all shows. years yeah also
0: i like that multiple both of yours involved like mob Mass hysteria,
1: hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> i had that realization too it's like why am i talking about angry mobs so much <laughs> <laughs> i, yeah. I, I like that theme
0: through it of like mass yeah. hysteria violent mob but it goes like so well with cases, halloween like all all like frankenstein like witch trials like just ridiculous
1: <laughs> yeah over sensationalized yes. like people people being you know pearl clutchy and like yeah over sensationalized and just jumping to conclusions or like living in isolation and not <laughs> I, having like a larger worldview to like and just yeah. choosing violence first and foremost they chose <laughs> like, violence. like mm. no we won't try to like negotiate with the aliens we this is not some sort of you know alien diplomatic mission nope. there is no obvious other obvious answer than that they are going to kill us all and enslave Enslaves. us
0: <laughs> when he said that,
1: dude, oh my God, watching the episode, I laugh so hard every time he does that because it's like he sees two seconds of footage and he's like, they're gonna attack, they're gonna kill us. There's no It's like, oh my God. And also it literally is exactly like news today. So anyway, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> great work thank you thank you we uh we hope you guys have enjoyed this uh little episode arc of ours it's been really yes. fun revisiting some classic halloween episodes of classic animated shows mm-hmm. um there are many many more so so who many. knows however long this podcast will go on i anticipate us doing this again in the so future halloween. though yeah more halloween to talk about um but yeah, I guess we're gonna like. Are we going back to our regularly scheduled programming after this, or are we doing something fun next month I too? Think I think tuned for some fun stuff next. Yeah, week. some fun, cool. fun,
0: surprises.
1: Yeah, yeah. Then we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll let you guys know then when that happens. Mm-hmm. But until then, until we drop the surprise of what we're doing yes. throughout the month of November, Grace. Who should the audience tell about this podcast?
0: I think you should find your local UFO chaser (laughs) and let them know about this podcast. Like, you know, who's out there watching the night sky? Who's posting on some like Reddit threads? Like Mm -hmm. who's real deep into like the conspiracy of aliens, like Mm. more like conspiracy theory style aliens. Not Like don't tell like, you know, your local scientist who's actually researching the viability of like other life on planets, which is like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, tell someone who's like, who went to Area Fifty One mm-hmm. a couple of years ago when everyone wanted to go storm it. Like, find that. Oh person. my god,
1: that was so funny. Let's talk and tell them about this podcast. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. Wow. Who else? Um. Who else? Wow, that's cool. I could. Man. I... I love UFO stuff. So it's like, I can actually think of some names of people to that end. You got like Dr. (laughs) Stephen Greer. He allegedly was a scientist working at area 51 when all of that went down and maybe you're his neighbor. Let him know. If yeah, let him know. There's the YouTube page secure team 10 that does like a lot of UFO conspiracy researching and things like that. Tag them in a post. Yeah. Um. Or the front, former frontman of Blink-182, Tom DeLong, he has actually turned into a bit of a UFO investigator himself. Oh. So like tweet at him or like yeah. tag him on IG and tell him, hey, watch this episode it of does. Saturday Morning Mysteries and remember that time that hey Arnold pawned off of a freaking radio broadcast that <laughs> sent the country into mass UFO hysteria.
0: hysteria. <laughs> yeah. Nice you have to tell like a famous UFO chaser yeah. as well. Yeah yeah cool and well uh, um that's it cool yeah and also
1: guys like have a fun and safe and healthy and yeah. like spooky Halloween like yeah, wherever you are Halloween. in the country if you, if you celebrate or if you don't if you don't celebrate then just like go buy yourself a couple candy bars and like enjoy a couple spooky yeah. movies or like haunted movies on your on your oh, yeah. Ooh, it's on a Monday this year. Yeah. Well, oh well. What Wait, better time what to eat candy and watch Halloween a movie,
0: movie? Are you going to watch?
1: Oh, wow. That so I actually watch. um So I don't really watch like a Halloween particular movie on Halloween, but I do this thing every October where every day I watch a different horror movie. So yes, it counts. I guess um, if you you like the scary type of horror stuff, I'll always recommend Nightmare on Elm Street, any of the Freddy Krueger movies. But if you want more of like, oh, a fun Halloween movie, then probably like What We Do in the Shadows. uh something like that the take away td movie or just like classic hocus pocus i think the you you can never go wrong with those what about you
0: go watch those um i go for the surprise surprise animated things Ah, so um you know a hot debate of is night before christmas a halloween movie or christmas Mm. movie i call it both so i can watch it twice a year (laughs) so that maybe (laughs) it's the only correct answer in my opinion yeah for dia Mm. de los muertos Mm. uh, maybe corpse bride so any animated
1: childhood movie is what we'll watch so lots of tim burton Um, in there yeah
0: yep always maybe some sweeney todd
1: oh yes musical
0: also tim burton honestly like
1: any any tim burton movie for real yeah like is a good halloween movie yeah
0: agreed well yeah have a good halloween everyone we'll see y'all next week yeah